0: leader, where we help you improve your leadership skills and become a more effective real estate broker or team leader. Join us as we explore the latest industry trends and share practical strategies and insights to help you grow your business and lead your team to success. Tune in every week for actionable tips and inspiring stories from top brokers and leaders in the industry. Now here's your host, Mike Snyder accountability is as important to a real estate agent's success as creating and converting leads and multiple offers. So for Andrew Chong and Cameron Foster, co-founders and brokers of Nexus One Properties, accountability is a requirement for agents that want to achieve their goals. Andrew, Cameron, uh, welcome to Real Estate Broker and Team Leader.
1: Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. All
0: right, quick question for you guys. Which one of you is the most driven by routine? Me. Andrew. You mean the guy that was here 30 minutes early? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty easy. I don't think there was much debate on that one. What What does routine mean for you? Are you a morning routine person?
1: Routine is another word for habits, right? So if you can uh, make your life a series of routines, you can get more done. In the time we all have the same amount of time, but if you can routine, if you can make routines out of every segment of the day, you can get more done. And it, for me personally, it starts early because I I was up running this morning, um, and when I'm at the office, it's a it's a it's a routine of tasks that I got that I have to do, and the main task is uh, calling and speaking to people. So you can uh the more routines you have uh it's another way of saying the more disciplined you are and you can just get more done.
0: So my routine this morning was chasing some free breakfast. <laughs> so I felt kind of like an agent today. Oh, free breakfast. I'm going to go over there.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So Cameron, where where did you grow up? Uh, here in Katy. Uh, okay. Where did you where would you go to school? Taylor, back in the 3 high schools. Oh. Uh, that's right. Now there's 10 being built, and I, I think there might be more after that. What, what was your path to getting into real estate?
2: Family's always been into real estate, and then my degree at TCU is in finance, real estate, and entrepreneurial management. So I've kind of always been on this path. Didn't know I was going to land here, but... So when you graduated, did you get right into real estate? I did. Okay, doing what? Uh, c- commercial, Transwestern Commercial Services.
1: Okay.
0: All right, so you've been in it all, uh-huh. all along. All right. Andrew, where are you from?
1: I was born in Kingston, Jamaica. All right. Did you grow up there? Yeah. uh, Came here when I was 17.
0: Okay. All right. What was your path to real estate?
1: I was working for a big insurance company. They sent me out to, I think, Arizona for a conference. And on the way back, I picked up Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad book in the airport and basically read it over the next... A um, couple of days. And a couple of months later, I was uh, fired and decided, you know what, man, I don't like working for people and I'm going to get into real estate. So that's how I happened. That's, that's <clears throat> That was my path to real estate. What
0: was the... When did you start thinking, Andrew, about becoming a broker?
1: Well, Cameron and I met at a big broker. And prior, I had started an accountability group. And I invited... um, I was looking to enlarge the group. There was two or three of us, and I wanted to to add some more members. And Cameron brought his team over to the office. And I actually looked him up, and I saw that he was doing uh, quite a good business. And I invited him to come and join the group. And so that's how We started to get to know each other, and then we started talking about uh, what would we do if we had a broker, uh, if we had a brokerage, Um, and I think uh, one one conversation led to about two years of meeting every week to talk about putting together a brokerage. Uh, I forgot to mention that the biggest impetus was both he and I took a training course which that particular training course turned my business around, and Cameron had a similar result as well too, and we didn't get it from the big broker that we were at it was it was um a third party training, and we decided to put a broker brokerage together with some of the principles of that training that we received so. One thing led to another. We we started looking for office space. We found a space nearby in Katy. It was the right size and everything. And uh, we pulled the trigger on it and uh, we signed a lease. We didn't have any furniture. <laughs> 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 and uh, that's how we started. Cameron, prior
0: to Nexus One, you had your own brokerage.
2: I did. I uh, was... With a small broker, big name broker, and everybody was upset with how things were being run, and so they all came to me, said, "Hey, why don't you start a brokerage? We'll all go with you." I said, well, guys, I'm not a broker. I said, well, <laughs> don't worry, we'll figure that out. I said, "Well, okay," and I started look, doing the math. I'm like, "Well, I can pick up ten agents day one." Sure, let's do it. So I opened up uh, Cameron Falls Properties over in Spring Branch, and of course, coming out of commercial, I least 4,000 square feet office space. Got everybody at their own desk, their own office. And a few months later, I figured out nobody goes to the office in residential and sits at their desk all day long and makes calls and does that. So, it's I learned a lot of stuff the hard way. I feel like TCU owes me a refund on some of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked my daughter recently, I'm like, hey, did did your degree and all your coursework, did that help you in your job? She's like, yeah, some of it, but they didn't, they didn't teach you how to deal with other adults. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, a people factor. So that that decision was pretty
2: instant. I know I'm going to do this. It was, and it was great timing. It was 07, which if you were in the business back then, you know that that was a great year to open a brokerage.
0: How was the decision like between you two guys to say, let's do a brokerage together? Let's open this up. That wasn't so instant, was it?
2: No, that was a much longer conversation. We met together for a couple of years, going over, making plans. Uh, I brought what I'd liked and didn't like from a previous brokerage that I ran. And then we kind of played on, we both put with a couple of brokers at that point, what we liked, what we didn't like um, to kind of create a little bit more of a hybrid of a model. Cause the current brokerage system of today, I think is failing agents. Oh yeah. How, you know, it's a, uh, it's a race to the bottom there. Uh, everybody's competing on splits and shiny objects and, Sometimes more is just more, uh, and it's become a recruit as many people as possible. Some will make it, some won't. Oh, well. I got another desk out of somebody, and I think it's a disservice to the industry that agents really need more guidance, more help, because what they teach you to get past the test is about all they do.
0: They don't teach you how to become a real estate agent. Not even close. Andrew, do you see that when you talk to new agents, uh, not necessarily new in the business, but agents you're talking to about moving where they're like, wow, I'm not getting what I thought I was going to get from my broker?
1: Every single conversation. The the challenge is, is that most people coming into real estate are coming out of a job, right? So they had structure. They were told what time to show up what time to take lunch, what time to leave. They got two weeks vacation. They got a, uh, an adjustment in their income every, every nine months or whatever. And coming into real estate, they have to create their own structure, uh, what they're going to do at 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every single day. And most people don't know how to do that because they've never been taught. They're coming out of an employee situation. So it's, it's quite a challenge. And then the uh, marketing and advertising part of it is also a challenge because now everything that you do is coming out of your own pocket. And oftentimes agents don't see, they don't get the immediate return on investment that they expect. And so therefore they lurch from one marketing program to the next and they're spending money and spending money and then the end of the year comes and they get the bill from HAR but they haven't they've only done one deal and they start thinking about going back to their old jobs so it's 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 a it's a big challenge i think for agents the uh, new agents coming into the market and even even uh, veteran agents who have not been uh, have not invested the time to create business plans to create marketing programs, uh, to build a database of, uh, to build their sphere of influence and so on.
0: You said something interesting about they go back to their real jobs. And I've mentioned this on other episodes. When I hear an agent say, if this doesn't work, I have to go back to my real job. I think, wow, your your days are way more numbered than lots of agents. This is your real job. When you hear that, when you guys hear that say in an interview or early on, is that a red flag for you when they say if i if this doesn't work i'm going to go back to my real job?
1: Absolutely, because then they're they're telling us that they're not all in. This is a this is a rough business. You know, it's it's 100% commission based. There is a low bar for entry, but a high bar for success. And then it's 100% commission. So it's it's a challenge for the vast majority of agents.
0: So in an industry where there's low bar for entry but a high bar for success, a, a lot of getting people over that bar and into success falls on their brokers and the leaders of their brokerage. How, how, many, how many agents are you guys up to, um, 16 or 18, something like that? 14 14 okay what wh- when i talk to you guys one of the huge things that i get from you is accountability and I, and i really like the way you guys talk about that the way you implement that especially if you've got new agents or agents that aren't used to that accountability Wow, i've never had to be the marketing manager i've never had to do a business plan i've never had to do think about my sphere i've never had to do that the the dictionary defines accountability as Responsible for giving an account, or obliged to accept responsibility. How do you, how do you define, Andrew? How do you define accountability?
1: Well, in our structure, accountability is what did you do towards your goals in these last seven days? We have an accountability meeting every once a week, and so it's a structure for them to come in and to. Uh, report on their activities for the last seven days. So that's, it's a, it's a tactical thing. It's It's what they are doing. And then, of course, we check in with them to make sure that they're moving towards their goals. This is a very distracting business. And so if there is no structure to keep an agent focused on what they need to be doing, they can easily fall off and the next thing you know, two months goes by and they, they haven't made a phone call. <laughs> they've, they've been busy, but busy with what? And they haven't made a phone call. And without a
0: business plan, you can be busy. But are you doing the things that are necessary to move the ball forward, to move your business forward? You, you can be busy. On the flip side, you can have a plan. But if you're not doing the things, you're not doing the actions – It's just a plan. Who cares?
2: Most agents are very busy. They're just not very productive. You know, when you sit down on Friday and they say, well, I had a really busy week. You know, you ask them, okay, what did you do? So, well, you know, I got my dry cleaning and I cleaned off my desk and did some Facebook. Did you have lunch with anybody? Did you call anybody? Well, I made two calls. Okay, all week you made two calls. How about lunch? Well, I went to lunch with my sister. Yeah, okay. You know, it's how many contacts did you really have? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's database management and strengthening relationships. And the faster they figure out that, the faster they figure out how to make money in this business.
0: So, Cameron, what do you guys do as leaders? What do you do to hold those agents accountable? What are you guys doing? That's the tricky part
2: because everybody's subcontract, these aren't employees. So, you can't just say, come here, do this, do this, do this, you're fired. You know, so you've got to be able to... You know, I like the saying, step on their toes, but don't mess up the shine. You know, there's a tact with it. You know, it's in each agents a little bit different, you know, and you can't take the same form for every agent or they'll pull away, you know, so you've got to have, you got to be able to keep them on track, but not lose them in the process.
0: Can you feel when you're losing them?
2: Oh, yeah. Then what? You can see it in their face. You just hope it's not too late at that point. But
0: there's some you don't mind. You're like, okay, we're losing you and that's okay. There are. I mean, some people aren't cut out for this business. Right. And you can usually figure it
2: out pretty quick. What's quick? I can tell you when they're taking the classes at Champions, who's going to make it and who's not. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I've been surprised once or twice, but it's rare.
0: Okay. Andrew, what are some of the things, what are some of the conversations you have about accountability with the agents?
1: The main point that I stress to them, this is accountability to their own goal or goals. This is not goals we set for them. These are goals that they set. And our our job is to keep them focused on their own goals, moving towards their own goals. And so when you break it down from there, you're talking about uh, the, the tactics to get there. Uh, how many calls are you going to make this week? How many handwritten note cards are you going to write? Are you going to visit anyone at the new house that they just bought that you put them in? Are you going to visit them, drop off uh, a birthday gift at their workplace? Are you going to any networking events? How are you growing your database? How are you meeting new people who might need your services? Are you hosting open houses every weekend? Uh, So, uh, this business is very tactical, right? There, there are, you know, a myriad of things one could be doing to meet people and to get into a transaction. Uh, and uh, the typical agent is not going to do 50 things. Uh, we don't want them to do 50 things. We want them to do three or five things very, very well, because if they do those three or five things, and and this is not... Here's 50, pick the three or five mm-hmm. that you like, <laughs> right? Because what you like might not be what works. What you like probably doesn't get the job done, right? So we, we, we know from study and training and so on and so forth what the foundational tactics are and so we focus them on those foundational tactics.
0: Cameron, how do you help them pick which three or four things to do? For the most part, we tell them what three or four things they
2: need to do, you know, and then based on what their personality type is and what their sphere of influence is and who's in their database and if they have a database, uh, would depend on kind of where you go from there. But we've taken a very, very focused approach to how to sell real estate. So many brokerages are offering, you know, three different plans and four different online deals. So we've taken a more focused deal because I find a lot of agents just chasing the shiny object, looking for what's the next thing. Because, you know, they'll do A and B, but they're not going to do C. And so they switch to another one, another plan or action plan. And Well, A's uncomfortable. I'm not doing that. And B, you know, and they a year goes by and they still don't have a system because they won't do the whole thing. All the systems would have worked, but they got to do everything in the system.
0: And there's always something that you're going to struggle with. You just got to get over it. And I think social media is one of those – I think that's one of those areas in real estate. Some people are really good at it, but that's all they do. And some people are – they just don't do it. They've never done it and they don't want to post and they don't want to shoot the videos because they don't like the way they look or they don't like the way they sound. So they end up doing nothing. How do you get an agent – Andrew, how do you guys get an agent that's – may be reluctant to do one of the things, for example, social media, but you know that's a big part, not the only thing, but it's a big part of your business, uh, how do you train them up and get them to understand this is something you need to do and you, and we're going to help you get better at it?
1: The answer is is that social media has a place. However, it should not be number one. So... Social media has a place. So what is that place? Well, that might be 10 minutes a week, 30 minutes a week spread out over the entire seven days, right? The The important thing that agents have to understand is that this is still a kitchen table business. You still have to go and meet people at their kitchen table. Right. You still have to meet a buyer. Right. There, there still is what, what has, what social media will not replace is the human factor. And, uh, there is a universal truth, and that is, is that people have to know you, like you, and trust you before they hire you. Right. And social media might aid that but it's uh it's a very it's a 10% help it's not a 90% help right the 90% help is how your your it's your social skills right your likability skills uh, and social media is a, is a is a distraction from that
0: yeah you know, so you guys think social media is kind of killing the Social media, texting, messaging, it's kind of killing the face to face part of this business, isn't it?
2: It is. It's you're not deepening those relationships with those. You know, you can be in real estate without social media, but you can't be in social media without doing the other stuff. You know, it's it's an addition to it's not in replace of. And I've seen too many agents put it in replace of.
0: Yeah, they It don't, has to just be they a piece. Don't wanna call,
2: they don't want to they don't want to have that interaction with somebody they just want to throw
0: it out on social media and the phone will ring and it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that unfortunately but that phone call after social media after they've commented on something after they've asked oh yeah i will sign up for the newsletter because i'm going to get a free evaluation of my value of my home or i'm going to get that winterization pdf well now that now the phone calls a little easier it's a little warmer phone call uh,
1: well, lunch interrupted, so yeah, <laughs> it's time for lunch. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's often the case. In it,
1: it's the it's the free food at the uh, the grand opening down in uh, Cross Creek West. <laughs> so so I can't make the phone calls right now. Right.
0: So what else sticks out to me with Nexus One Properties is the knowledge part, and I know that's really important to you guys. So as as leaders, how do you how do you help agents with the knowledge, knowledge of the business, knowledge of how things work, knowledge of what will make you successful.
2: Well, one of the things I do is I keep a tablet with me and write down all the questions I get during the week that agents ask. And then on Friday, I'll bring up some of those topics again. Because the struggle you have as a broker is, I've probably forgotten more stuff about real estate than your new agent knows about real estate. You know, And so some of the stuff that seems very simple and automatic for me is not necessarily automatic for someone that hasn't done it before. So it's a matter of getting them up to speed with what they need. You know, and then Andrew takes a lot of our training. Uh, we've got a new program coming out. If you want to touch That on sounds it. exciting. What is that?
1: It came out of the fact that there were some holes in our onboarding process. And so, so uh, I decided to formalize a program and and we just call it launch 90 which is the first 90 days of their tenure with us and it's a it's a mentoring program where we hold their hand and mentor them through 300 steps that they need to take in order to get into a couple transactions their first 90 days if a broker can lead an agent to one or two or three transactions within the first ninety days. then your success of retaining that agent shoots through the roof because now they're making money, and that's the exciting part right if If we can get them into a transaction and get them to the closing table, then that's that's the whole deal right there because I think the the most dangerous phase of an agent's life is their first year. If they don't do good in their first year, it's likely that they're going to be out of the business within the next 12 or 24 months, right? So our goal is to get them into transaction as quickly as possible. And then we've formalized a program, which we call Launch 90. And it's a mentoring program. It's a handholding holding program. Uh, we will teach them how to do an open house before they do an open house. uh, They can uh, shadow an agent to a listing appointment and so on. We'll teach them about social media and its rightful place. We will teach them how to start their database, their sphere of influence. We will teach them how to, from day one, start developing a program to get into the luxury home market. We will also teach them how to properly network at formal network uh, events and so on. Uh, But it's focused on the fundamental stuff that they need to do. And we hold them accountable to those things. It's, It's a little bit of a steep learning curve. However, the other way we were doing it had some holes in it and we wanted to fix that.
0: So, what would you tell another broker or a team leader about evaluating yourself, evaluating your brokerage and what you're doing? Because it's got to be hard to step back and go, man, I don't think this is working. Or maybe it's easy to say, I don't think this is working. might be hard to swallow, like we're doing something that's not working very well. So, what would you tell agents or what would you tell uh, brokers about evaluating what's working, what's not working in your office – and then making a the change
1: well it all starts from the business plan many of these brokers are rainmakers they they're very successful agents and they were they wanted to go out on their own and so and so now they're on their own and uh they have a name and they they have some nice listings and they're starting to attract agents now and so they take on agents and they they start a team or uh, they open an office, whether it's virtual or brick and mortar. Most agents do not have a business plan. And when I want to say most. I'm talking about 95 percent do not have a business plan. So I would not expect a broker. Maybe, a bro- maybe, maybe uh, by virtue of the fact that someone's a broker now, they're more serious about business and now they have a team or something of that nature uh, maybe they've taken on rent and insurance and so on and so forth so now they have to get a lot more serious about running a business and they start to uh, put the outlines of a business plan together it all starts with the business plan it all starts with the vision and then it all and then you translate the vision into a business plan so
0: how do you know as brokers that you do need to make a change is: Do you, do you guys meet regularly to discuss, to discuss just how things are going, Cameron?
2: Well, we meet every quarter, no matter what. Just to discuss how the company's moving along, things that are working, things that aren't working, um, and then the benefit of being a smaller firm, we've kind of got our ear to the grindstone on you know what agents are needing, wanting, and we'll do an meeting just between two of us and figure out okay how do we handle this scenario that agents are wanting this or
0: we're getting pushback on that. Um, How do we better serve them? And as a small brokerage with two leaders, uh, you know, 15, 20 agents, and I know that kind of fluctuates sometimes, where do you guys go for your information and your knowledge? And what what are your sources for mentoring and and getting information to lead a brokerage?
1: Just self-education and a little bit of uh, networking with other brokers the the thing is is that this this business is has been around for a long 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 time and so it's a it, by and large it's a very simple business so there there's not much complexity to a real estate brokerage right you sell a house and you pay the rent, right? <laughs> and then, as a brokerage, uh, you take on the the responsibility to recruit and to support agents. right? so it's it's a pretty simple business, pretty straightforward. And you know when when we sit down, uh, one of the primary things that we have a goal for is growth. And so we review the recruiting efforts that we've uh, done the last 90 days, and we make adjustments. And we talk about the agents that we have, and how do we, uh, what do they need, and how do we help them, and, and uh, do, uh, what kind of training do, do they need, and, and support, and stuff like that.
0: So it might be simple and straightforward, and you guys are helping them get the knowledge, you're holding them, accountable. Cameron, where does the perseverance part come in?
2: Well, probably the biggest challenge is retention. Once you get them in the door, because it's so hard to get somebody in and then you train them up and then they leave is the struggle. A lot of brokerages have. So then it's a matter of, okay, how do I create that loyalty to get that agent to stay and continue to grow? You know, and I think that's, you got to give them some empowerment within the organization Let them feel like and be part of something, you know, Uh, and that's why I think it's good to have your agents be heard, you know, ask them what do they like, what don't they like, you know, because it's if you're not willing to change at least a little bit, I mean, you don't want them to derail you from your primary goal, but they need to feel heard.
0: From an agent standpoint, I think, especially when they're coming out of a different industry, and like we talked about, they, they haven't done business plans and marketing plans. They don't know how. Yes, it's simple and straightforward, but it's hard. You, you've got to make the calls and, and do the things. It seems like, do you guys feel like it's easier now? Are agents kind of bailing out now while well, this isn't working? I, I'm I'm going to go to a different brokerage or I'm getting out. Is that happening sooner and sooner than it used to?
1: I don't know, um, I, I think I think the market is the biggest influence. We're in a shifting market right now, and and coincidentally, we have the most real estate agents, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the biggest uh, agent count in HAR. history. And that's because the last several years, homes were selling so fast, and this always happens. That when the market is rising, agents come into the market. And then when the market turns, agents leave the market. And during this time, uh, Trek raised some of the standards and so on and so forth. But that hadn't seemed to stop anybody from uh, getting licensed and jumping into the market. Um, So I think the market has a big influence because it also affects people's mindsets. Right there. It's on the news, uh, the higher interest rates, uh, the slowing market and so on and so forth. And then coupled with that, the Houston market has been somewhat insulated because we 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 continue to grow. And on uh, every corner of the city is growing. And that's because we're just surrounded by farmland. And a developer just has to strike a deal with a farmer and buy up two thousand acres, and then they plan a brand new community, right? So uh, housing costs are reasonable. Uh, there's plenty of jobs in the area, and so so coupled with that, I think uh, uh, that kind of thing has insulated Houston. But we will see a we will see a, a downturn because we're already seeing it with what our agents are telling us. With uh, you know the, the the fact that some of their listings are staying on the market longer and so on.
0: So, Cameron, when you see when there is a downturn, even in an insulated market, and you have agents that are starting to get discouraged, what what are your conversations to say? Uh, you know, wh- you kind of have to become a cheerleader at you that do. point. Hey, man, you're doing you're doing all right. You're doing the things that you're required to do. The successful come. This is just m- momentarily. What are those conversations to look like?
2: Well, it becomes a skills-based market. You know, you've got to hone your skills in, you know, and too many agents are just chasing the way to the bottom, you know, cutting commissions uh, because they don't know how to negotiate, you know. And so I think teaching your agents some of that can help them survive through the hard times. I think the harder times are probably the best time to get into real estate because it teaches you the the good habits of what you have to do. I mean, if you're on the great times, a monkey could make it. $100,000 in this business. (laughs) So just answer the phone. You know, it's when your phone doesn't ring anymore that you got to make a shift and do something about it. You know, and I know too many agents are going broke with a broker because they like them. You know, and that's not exactly what it's all about. You've got to, is that broker just providing you with the skills and the processes and stuff that you need to be successful? And that's really what you've got to ask yourself at the end of the day.
0: All right, guys. Um. Andrew, what's what's one final thought that you'd like to leave for listeners?
1: Get back into training. Learn some new skills. Uh, Not just training, uh, but the other part of it is is, uh, uh, practice, right? Get a good listing presentation and practice it. Uh, Get a good buyer presentation and practice it to where it becomes second nature. And then... Uh, Also, don't forget about uh, your people skills and start going out there and engaging with people, even the people that you already know. When was the last time you called your uh, buyer and seller that you helped last year? When was the last time you called that renter who's been in that place now for a year who might be thinking of buying? When was the last time you spoke to them? Get back out there and start talking to your, your sphere of influence.
0: All right. Very good. Cameron, what can people expect next from Nexus One?
1: Well, we
2: ramped up a bunch of our training because uh, it's things are going to slow down a little bit and things are going to get harder because there's going to be less listings and more people competing for them. And so while a lot of the agents will get out of the market, we want to make sure we train our agents so that they can survive through the slower parts to pick it up when it's going again. And then I think it's just about being there. You know, when they've got a question at 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday, can they get a hold of somebody? You know, I keep my phone by me 24-7. Mm-hmm. All my agents know, no matter what, they can get a hold of me. And that's another and nice that thing about having lot. two brokers. You know, if I'm not, Andrew is. And if he's not, I am. Yeah. You know, so you've always got somebody, a call away that can help you if you're struggling with which box to check.
0: All right. Last question. Which one of you is more likely to win trivia night?
1: Andrew <laughs> are you
2: both are you both like real bad losers at 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 that so
0: I need another topic
2: you need another topic (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah. I agree with that
0: all right another topic Uh, all right which one of you you guys arm wrestle each other who's winning Cameron (laughs) (laughs) all right Cameron Andrew thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights I really appreciate it thanks for having us thanks for having us If you're a real estate agent, you know the value of a great review. If you find this podcast helpful, please be sure to rate, review, and share it. And don't forget to give us a follow. I'd sincerely appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to Real Estate Broker and Team Leader. We hope you found valuable insights and strategies that will take your business to the next level. Join us again next time for more leadership tips and advice.